Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Speak the Truth podcast. I will be your host for this episode, Matt Tardio. I would like to give a special thank you to Song Finch for sponsoring this episode. Uh, for those that don't know, today on the United States border, Fox News is reporting that 10 IEDs were found. This following what happened yesterday in Europe. For those that don't know, inside of Europe yesterday, terror suspects were arrested around Europe. And not just one, not just two, but multiple. Two different cells got arrested. All right. One cell was mainly arrested in Germany, working together with somebody that was over in the Netherlands. Two of the suspects came out of Lebanon. One of the suspects came out of Egypt. And of course, the last one ends up coming out of the Netherlands. Now, a totally separate terrorist group ended up getting arrested as well. However, they said that they couldn't link anything between those two groups. What was their plan? Their plan was simple. Acquire weapons, smuggle them into the EU, and target any Jews that they come across or any Jewish institutions. Now, the Israeli government worked very, very close with the German government in order to bring these people up on charges and actually get them arrested and off the streets. And they are saying they do suspect them of being connected to Hamas, thus the Israeli involvement over in the EU. Now, this is kind of troubling because at the same time, Fox News on the border here in the United States reports that Border Patrol got themselves a hold of 10 IEDs on the border. Now, along the border here in the United States of America, we are seeing one of the record highs for people on the terrorist watch list crossing over our border currently. So we have record highs of people on the terrorist watch list getting caught. Those are the ones that we know about getting caught crossing over the United States border. We have IEDs now being found on the border in the United States. And we also have terror suspects being arrested in Europe going on anti-Semitic terrorist plots. And yet it is hard to find in the news. If I go over to Fox News webpage right now and I go scroll down, you got to scroll down that page quite a bit to find, and again, right after it was reported, all the way down at the bottom of the page, tiny thumbnail. CNN, same thing. So why isn't the United States reporting on news like this, things that honestly should be concerning a lot of U.S. civilians? I know you guys are concerned about these things. Do I think we're going to have an issue here in the United States? Yeah, I do. I think it's a matter of time. And I'm not doing I'm not saying this to be I'm not saying this to be fear-mongering. I'm saying it because I want you guys and gals to be prepared. You have what's called lone wolf violent extremists. All right, or homegrown violent extremists, HGVEs, homegrown violent extremists. Now, they are sympathizers to some of the things that are going on around the world. They likely already have their U.S. citizenship. They're probably not criminals, and they're going to be able to acquire firearms legally. Every day on this podcast, we have, when we're doing lives, we have people that call in in the United States that sympathize with Hamas, with the Palestinians, and try to justify everything that's going on over there. They try to justify the terror attacks. And when you look at those massive amounts of protests on the street between any major city that's now taking place with the pro-Palestinian rallies, out of all those people, somebody's going to be radicalized. It's inevitable. And it looks like it's now coming to our border. Why the hell are people not reporting on this? I'm going to leave it at that, and we're going to get into some other things uh, before we drive just a little bit further. So the Houthi rebels are at it again. A Maersk vessel traveling uh, along the Red Sea was 
attacked yesterday by Houthi rebels. Now, this comes after the United States said that they would like to uh, start an international coalition to essentially secure the Red Sea and to secure the uh, the Gulf over there to make sure that stuff like this doesn't happen, right? So you have Yemen, which is extremely close, about 100 miles away from a, a pretty big U.S. military installation over there in the Horn of Africa in Djibouti, all right? And they are very keep, capable of reaching the U.S. military installation with the firepower that they have. Whether or not they'd be successful in the strike is a question. But when is the U.S. government going to start protecting those ships and start acting proactively? When are we going to have some productivity and some proactive all right, strikes against these terrorists and before they target our military personnel? They're already going after the ships. Well, in this case, they actually claimed that they hit the ship. Luckily, Maersk actually came back and said, you know what? Uh, yeah, we were traveling through the area. Now, the Houthis claim that the ship was traveling towards Israel because the Houthis have vowed to target all the ships going towards Israel. Houthis claim the ship went to Israel. Maersk came back and said, no, the ship was actually tra- uh, traveling into Saudi Arabia. So they're lying there. And then they come back and they say, not only did you not strike the ship, okay, the Houthis are stating they shot a freaking... Uh, cruise missile or a drone at it and impacted the ship with it. The Mersh came back and they said, no, you shot a freaking missile at us and you freaking missed. And oh, by the way, we're on our way to Saudi Arabia. And this is why it's so dangerous because these people have absolutely no idea what the hell they're doing with these weapons. They, again, just to reiterate the Houthis originally when they launched their, one of their first attacks against Israel, they had a ballistic missile shot out of space that they shot at Israel. They have some pretty serious firepower over there. Everybody looks at it and they're like, oh, the Houthis, they're just this tiny little rebel group. No, they own the vast majority of the civilian population in that country. It's ridiculous. The United States government does need to do something about this before our U.S. military personnel, which again are stationed less than 100 miles away from the shoreline of Yemen, get attacked. While we're talking about U.S. personnel getting attacked, let's pull up Iraq. So since the October 7th attacks, this is Iraq and Syria. Over 100 attacks by Iranian-backed militias have struck U.S. military installations. Now, granted, most of that is with indirect fire of some sorts, either rockets, mortars, whatever have you. Um, I've had people reach out to me whose uh, spouse was actually injured in one of the attacks and talk to them about it. It's real stuff. We have soldiers being injured in Iraq and Syria since the start of this conflict, which is fueled, make no mistake about it, by the Iranian government, who's pulling a lot of the strings with Hezbollah and with the Houthis, along with Hamas. They supply over $200 million a year, Iran does, to Hamas. The son of Hamas actually says that they spend over a billion dollars a year on, on, on Hamas. And so all this crap is now taking place where you have the Houthis that are starting to target ships. Again, the U.S. military installation that's over there is definitely in danger of being struck. You have U.S. military installations in Iraq and Syria that are being struck. And then you have them supplying all of these weapons and equipment and money to Hamas and Hezbollah that are currently attacking Israel. So the deal is we've got to, we, we do have to stomp the fire out over in Yemen before our U.S. troops get hurt. But we've also, in my opinion, I think we need to start stomping the fire out inside of Iran because Iran's pulling the strings on all of this crap. They're pulling the strings on what's happening to our troops in Iraq and Syria. They're pulling the strings on what's happening with all the merchant vessels that are attempting to sail about the Red Sea. They're pulling the strings with Hamas and they're pulling the strings with Hezbollah. All right, let's jump into the Gaza Strip real quick and I'm going to pull this up onto your screen. This is Gaza City 
pre-October 7th. This is before the attacks. This is the open-air prison that they speak of that made their life so horrible. This video is what made their life so horrible that they had to go murder innocent men, women, and children. Okay, so let's take a look at this open-air prison. Let's see how horrible this was that they had to go murder all those people on October 7th. I mean, truthfully, I can just pause it right there. I don't have to subject you guys to another 30 seconds of listening to this crap. Just in the first, I don't know, 25 seconds of this video, let's look at some of the stuff that we found in there. So one, we established they have a very beautiful beachhead. Look at all the people on the beach. Looks like a horrible place. Look at that open-air prison. Oh, my God. They even have people selling stuff on the beach. What a nightmare. Look at that open-air prison park. Look at all those people just trapped in there, hating their lives. A freaking resort. When was the last time you went to a prison that had a freaking resort on it? Beach, beautiful. Look at all that fruit. Look at this place. It's quite literally fruitful, even in the metaphorical sense. If we scrub through even further in this video, guys, look at this. Massive convention in a beautiful hall. Big chandelier. People sitting around, dressed nice, enjoying dinner. Not so much prison. I mean, if that's a prison, there's their chow hall. Look at this beach. Lots of bread, lots of food. I think we can pretty much all agree that this is not something you go in and just start beheading men, women, and children for. That you don't go in and start slaughtering people and rape and pillage like they did on October 7th. So now that we've got that out of our system, let's move out. Now again, I present to you some of the barbaric crap that Hamas does. This is a mannequin made up by Hamas. Along it is a speaker wire that's connected to a speaker. Over that speaker, they were blasting babies crying to draw in IDF troops to get them to go over there. Inside of that mannequin is explosives. They quite literally rigged a booby trap, sucking in people with baby cries, soldiers from the IDF that they wanted to go over there and frickin' schwack them with an IED. That's how sick and disgusting they are. And if the IDS was out there committing genocide and doing genocidal things, they would never be drawn into this trap to go investigate what's going on. They'd be like, baby's crying, great. Or they'd have shot it from afar because they're committing genocide. But they did none of those things. They investigated it, and they found it to be rigged. Is the IDF really that horrible? that they're investigating children crying and end up coming across IEDs? Or is it Hamas? Hamas is absolutely horrible. Here's another one of white phosphorus being dropped on a school. Let's give this a watch and let me know if you can see anything suspicious in there. 
Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to spoil it for you. I'm going to show you. Now, we can go back and we can scrub through this video real quick before it even ends. I can grab that and I can go back. Look at all these people coming out of school. Let's go back. Look at all these people coming out of school. How many men do you see just in this one portion alone? Again, this is supposed to be a school. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, at least right there. And multiple more pull out. There is one child in there. And it's a young boy, and he's likely brought there by his father or his brother to go see whatever ridiculous stuff they're doing inside there. Now, if white phosphorus was so horrible, if that gas was so freaking poisonous, every single one of these people would be falling over dead. But it's not. Artillery shells use white phosphorus for marking, and they use it also for screening. With that being said, NATO troops on the daily end up running through the smoke and training operations and none of them fall over dead. None of them get freaking cancer. None of that stuff happens just because they ran through white phosphorus. As a matter of fact, it takes prolonged exposure to white phosphorus in order for it to do anything. And even with that being said, now that's without the burning white phosphorus touching your skin. I've got that. But the smoke, because they're complaining about it being used as a chemical agent against people, the smoke is not poisonous. People run through it all the time. It takes prolonged exposure. The last time any issues with this popped up was back in the 1800s in matchmaking factories where people were exposed to it on a daily basis, day in and day out for years. And eventually, not all of them, but some of them eventually would develop something called phosphorus jaw, where parts of their jaw would start to rot away. Now I've ran through a lot of the smoke. My jaw's intact. It's running pretty good right now. Never had an issue with it. So what's the problem? I'll tell you what the problem is. These people just need love in their life. Is there someone extraordinary in your life and you want to tell them how special they are to you, but you can't quite find the words to properly capture your feelings? I love you. I'm sorry. I miss you. These phrases don't usually capture the depth of our feelings. But what if you could turn your sentiments into a song to help hit the right emotional chord. Songfinch is the ultimate gift to show how much you care. An original studio quality song inspired by your story that's completely unique, personal, and lasts forever. Songfinch walks you through a simple four-step process to create an original song. All you have to do is tell them about who the song is for, provide some personal details, and let them know the type of song that you want. Then pick your favorite Songfinch artist or get matched with one and they'll pour their heart out into writing, recording, and producing your original song in just four to seven days. Guys, check this out. I'm putting it up on the screen right now. I went over there and used it. It is as simple as they tell you. I sent the song to my wife. They provide you with a link. I sent it over to her as a surprise when she was having a bad day and she loved it. Check this out. This is her reaction. She didn't know it was coming. And for a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song on Spotify for free. So you can listen to your new favorite song anywhere you go. Go to songfinch.com forward slash speak the truth and start using your song. After you purchase it, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free. Now that is a $50 value. 
This offer is only available for my listeners at my special URL, songfinch.com forward slash speak the truth. That's songfinch.com forward slash speak the truth and be sure to share your song with me. I want to hear it. Okay, so I've been crapping on the Palestinians a lot about them living in their open air prison today. I understand that. I've been talking about how horrible Hamas is, but I'm doing it for a reason because I want you guys to understand that it's not just Hamas. There is a fallacy going around that everybody inside of the Gaza Strip minus Hamas are innocent. However, videos like this were taken on the day of the October 7th attack. And I want you to look at the still that's up on the screen. How many uniformed Hamas fighters? How many weapons do you see on there? How many of any of that do you? Not a lot, but I'll tell you what you do see. You see a lot of Palestinian civilians. And those Palestinian civilians spewed through that fence line and into Israel and did the same atrocities that Hamas did. Rape, murder, pillage. Killed innocents for their own personal benefits. And there is a fallacy going around right now that everybody inside Gaza is totally innocent and it was just Hamas that did those dangerous attacks. It wasn't. Here's your proof. Right there on your screen. Innocent civilians. And if you think everybody in the Gaza Strip is innocent, then you probably believe and listen to Hamas as well. Well, guess what? One of the spokespeople for Hamas actually said that it was the Palestinian civilians that did that. All of those illegal, like all the targeting of civilians, that it wasn't even them. So whatever side of the house you're on, it's wrong. If you believe Hamas, then Hamas says the Palestinian civilians did it. If you don't believe Hamas and you listen to the IDF, here's your proof. If you're a common sense thinker, here's your proof. Palestinian civilians are not innocent, regardless of what side of the house you sit on. I can't even show a video on the screen right now. I would love to be able to show you guys this video of Hamas driving through the streets of Gaza on October 7th. And in the back of their vehicle, they have dead Israelis, presumably. They could have been from another nation. I'm assuming they were Israeli. Vast majority were. And as they're driving them around in the bed of their pickup truck dead, you see nothing but... Gazans, Palestinians, cheering on Hamas by the thousands, not one or two, but by the thousands. Everybody's got their phone out. Everybody's celebrating. And the astonishing part is these knuckleheads are jumping in the back of the truck and beating the dead bodies. Now, you tell me that all those Palestinian civilians are innocent. I don't want to hear how oppressed they are. I just showed you how they were living. They were living just fine. That's not oppression. And it sure as hell doesn't give you the right to rape, murder, pillage especially when you're living like that. Even if you are and you want to take it up with the government, fine, take it up with the IDF. Have an insurgency, not a terrorism organization. CNN, again, coming out with more BS. Nearly half of the Israeli munitions dropped on Gaza are imprecise dumb bombs, according to U.S. intelligence. CNN knowingly put out a very misleading article for more of these pro-Palestinian nutjobs to get a hold of and attempt to use it as evidence of Israel doing wrongdoing. And I'm going to explain to you, using their own article, why this is misleading. As you start going through it, it has lots of inflammatory language. President Joe Biden said Israel has been engaged in indiscriminate bombing of Gaza. They go so far as they find a former EOD tech, explosive ordnance disposable. They deal with diffusing bombs and blowing up bombs. They're not trained regularly in air-to-ground munitions, in employment of air-to-ground munitions. They're just not. It's not their job. They get attached to teams and attached to units that do that stuff. They don't do that. This isn't the Hurt Locker. So they find this EOD cat that works for of all nation, or all nonprofits, Amnesty International, 
who again uses the term open air prison. And also, by the way, oh, by the way, in the past, they've applied it to Egypt being an open air prison. And they quote this EOD guy to drive it home further that now works for Amnesty International. It's bad enough to be using the weapons when they are precisely hitting their targets. It is a massive civilian harm problem if they do not have that accuracy. Oh, CNN. So all those paragraphs about how ridiculous it is, and then you finally make it far enough down, and then they put the truth in there. A U.S. official told CNN that the U.S. believes that the Israeli military is using the dumb bombs in conjunction with a tactic called dive bombing, or dropping a bomb while diving steeply in a fighter jet. The official said the U.S. believes that an unguided munition drop via dive bombing is similarly precise to using a guided bomb. I'll say that again. They think the Israelis are dive bombing using dumb bombs. And by dive bombing using dumb bombs, they are quote unquote similarly precise to using guided munitions, which by the way, cost just as much. The guidance package pretty much costs just as much as the bomb. So you're doubling the cost. And when you're dropping a 2,000 pound bomb with a blast radius for lethality of fragments of almost 400 meters, does it really matter if it's 20 or even 30 meters off the left or the right when you're dropping 2,000 pound ordnance with that type of freaking firepower? No, the target calls for it. So it doesn't matter. Everything around that area is going to be gone. So who cares if it's 20 meters off the left or the right? You're not going to do any CivCAS freaking mitigation by making that a couple meters more precise. CNN knows that people aren't going to read all the way through the article and find it. They're going to read the freaking headline. They're going to read the first paragraph, just like the New York Times did when they were talking about the hospital being bombed by the Israelis, putting misleading information in there, causing massive freaking chaos, and they are not being held accountable, and it's freaking shocking. Then we got this guy. Most people that look at this would say, that's a Hamas terrorist. That's the IDF arresting POWs Hamas terrorists. Wouldn't you know, he also happened to be a doctor. Now, this detainment took place actually outside of a medical center in the northern Gaza Strip. And all the people on the Palestinian side are coming out saying, look, the IDF is out there just freaking arresting whoever they want. This is a good man. This was a doctor. And yet they don't believe that doctors can pick up AKs too. If you are committing a terrorist act, you're not a doctor anymore. You're a combatant. And you will get treated as a combatant. This, again, fallacy, and I'm going to leave this up on the screen while I rant about this. This fallacy that because you have a day job means you can't be a freaking terrorist is out of control. This isn't the first time I've seen it either. They, they use it not only here with this doctor, but they've used it with media reporters. All sorts of people. They all pick up guns. Again, we go back to the amount, the thousands of people celebrating on the street in Gaza City. He's probably one of them. All the civilians that crossed the border and went into Israel, they're not innocent. Those civilian casualty numbers that the Palestinian health minister has put out are overly inflated, in my opinion, with likely Hamas fighters because of people like this. He was a doctor. Now he commits jihad. Do you think if he got schwacked, they'd count that as a civilian death? Likely. Can't prove it because they don't have the access to the information that they have. But it's absurd to think that that's not happening. 
Before I jump out of here, I do want to give you guys a brief rundown on what's happening inside the Gaza Strip. There is some combat footage I could show you. There's other stuff I can bring up. I'm going to save that for tomorrow's video. What I want to show you guys over here on ISW is for starting off with the West Bank. So over the last several days, there's been roughly, you know, I don't know, 18, 20 attacks on a daily basis going on in the West Bank. It's been in the teens every single day with the amount of gunfights and attacks that are taking place with the IDF. Today was different. It was actually under 10 today. Now, the West Bank has been on a huge uptick. And over the last week, there was a huge demonstration all across the West Bank. And now we're seeing an uptick in the fighting. An uptick. And when I get out of there, and I bring this up, and I show you northern Israel and the Lebanese border, where Hezbollah has been attacking every single day for the last two months. Every single day. Over 100,000 Hezbollah fighters on that border. Now, the other day, information was leaked stating, it came, again, unconfirmed, stating that an Israeli officer stationed on the northern border said that they had set a date for war in the north. Israel's got its eyeballs on the northern border. I was, I was talking to a caller on here the other day that said, yeah, it's a problem and they're going to deal with it. In the earliest date that I've heard of so far, rumored to be spread that Israel is going to go into Lebanon and start dealing with Hezbollah on January 4th. So I say that because I want you to understand that if Israel is going to be dealing with Hezbollah, rumored, they're also going to be dealing with the West Bank. It makes no sense for them to take care of the Gaza Strip and ignore Hezbollah in Lebanon and ignore the West Bank where they have 20 roughly attacks a day taking place against Israeli defense forces with small arms fire, IEDs, all of that crap has been going off. They're going to deal with that eventually. They have to if they want peace. They can't ignore it, just like they can't ignore Lebanon. So expect it to come, because it will come. Let's pull up the Gaza Strip and take a look at the advancements the IDF has actually made. When you look up over to the north end of Gaza City, what you can actually see right here, I'm circling it with the cursor, just north of Jabalia. Okay, that would be this circle, just north of Jabalia. A couple days ago, the IDF was actually able to touch tips and close that whole area off. Now, the IDF has seen some heavy, heavy fighting over here down kind of uh, on the southern portion of Gaza City. They've seen a lot of heavy fighting, but a lot of the heavy fighting and a lot of the video footage that we have is all coming out of Jabalia. Okay, the IDF has been rolling really hard on that area. It's continuing to push very, very hard into Jabalia, and they're facing a lot of resistance. When we go down into the south and we look at Khan Yunus, we see very similar things. The IDF is facing a lot of resistance from Hamas inside of Khan Yunus. A lot. And they're doing their best to deal with it, but they have been losing troops. The other day, they actually found a couple more hostages, unfortunately deceased. The IDF actually lost quite a bit of troops inside there. Now, they're not giving up. They're continuing to push, and they're going to eventually push Hamas out. Over 70 Hamas fighters yesterday actually surrendered themselves in the northern part of Gaza. Over 70. They're giving up. The bulk of them are probably still hiding down in the tunnel system. I have a feeling Israel is going to take care of a lot of the stuff on the ground and then start working on the tunnels once they get the, the ground situation under control. That's all I have for you guys. I will see you tomorrow with some more combat footage and updated information on what is going on in the Israeli war. You guys stay safe out there. If you carry, carry responsibly. Do everything smart. Peace, love, happiness. God bless. Thank every single one of you for watching this video. I'm out.